We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, guys? I'm Maddie Schmidt, and today I'm joined by PFF's very own Trevor Sikama. Thanks for joining me. How are you doing today, Trevor? I am doing great, Maddie. I appreciate you having me on the podcast. So before we dive into the most timely topic, the NFL draft, I want to get to know you a little bit better, and I want our viewers to know who I'm talking to. So nowadays, a lot of people tend to live on social media. Odds are someone's probably searching for you right now, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, it might even be LinkedIn. So let's help them out a bit. What's your username? Uh, Usernames basically everywhere is at Tampa Bay Trey. Uh, You can see the Tampa roots where I'm from uh, still in the username there. So I'm not sure if I've changed like the back end of my LinkedIn URL to Tampa Bay Trey, but now that you say that, I should probably have some brand uniformity and see if I can, I can make that happen on LinkedIn as well, but essentially anywhere (laughs) on social, you want to find me, it's at Tampa Bay Trey. Yeah. You need to get on that LinkedIn. Anyway, (laughs) in your Twitter bio, it says, and I quote, hashtag three sides minimum when we eat barbecue. How did barbecue make the cut when trying to decide what to write in your bio? Uh, You know, that is, That's such a funny thing that really happened out of nowhere. And it's funny that you bring up social media and the power of social media is honestly how that was possible. I am somebody who absolutely loves food. Uh, My mom is quite the chef. She uh, made home cooked meals throughout my entire life. And I loved always being in the kitchen, trying to see like how she made this, how she made that. I am very much an amateur chef myself, still learning and experimenting on uh, how to make some really great dishes, but I do love food. And I am one of those people that takes pictures of his food and posts it on social media. Sometimes I hate myself for it, but it's just something that's always natural. When I see a beautiful spread of food, I always love to take a picture of it. Barbecue is one of those things that I just think is so great. When you when you go get barbecue, normally the brisket, the sides, the pulled pork, the ribs, the everything, it just looks so incredible. You want to capture it. You want to show people that you're eating barbecue. And so honestly, that started from me just ordering a lot of really good food. And every time I go to a barbecue place, I have this motto, three sides minimum. I didn't do it to start a movement, but now I guess it's a movement that everybody loves. And essentially, it's just a way for you to order more really great food, not in a gluttonous reason, but from a point of view of, hey, 
there are some really great homegrown family recipes that are in barbecue sides that a lot of people forget about. So just it's just a great way for me to try to nudge people maybe out of their comfort zone a little bit with food and try something really great maybe they haven't had before. I don't blame you. I also love food. I'm going to put you on the spot here. What's your absolute favorite barbecue side? Uh, oh, man. I think the the one that is just the highest ceiling is mac and cheese. I mean, like when barbecue places do mac and cheese to a T, uh, it's beautiful. But I also, I'm a sucker for collard greens and baked beans and even coleslaw. So I like those as well. But if you're making me pick one, I got to pick mac and cheese. I feel like it's the best. I agree. Mac and cheese solves everything and so do carbs. Let's be real. Yeah, this is very true. This is very true. <laughs> What's been the best restaurant that you've had barbecue at? Oh my Lord. What a great question. Uh, my aunt and uncle live in Texas and I haven't been here in a really, really long time, but there is a place in Texas called Salt Lick Barbecue. And like I said, I haven't had it forever, but the last time that I went, it was truly a divine experience. Everything that they had was unbelievable, whether it was the main meats, the sides, the sauce that they have. I still order their sauce to my house to this day to put it on all sorts of food. And so if I had to choose one, in my heart, I think I got to say Salt Lake Barbecue in Texas. Wow. I might need to add that to my restaurant bucket list. All right. We got to move on because all this talk of food is making me hungry. <laughs> Trevor, tell me about your current role at Pro Football Focus as a host, as a reporter, the whole nine yards. Yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. I started working at Pro Football Focus uh, right before the 2021 NFL season, and um, it's been great. Uh, I've been able to be a host, I think, first and foremost, with their college football show and their NFL show, which is a role that I've really enjoyed. I'm, I'm somebody who I like being in front of the camera, in front of the microphone, kind of performing, if you will, bringing sports, bringing knowledge, bringing the things that are happening in the sports football world and presenting them to the people in an entertaining way, making them laugh, educating them along the way. That's something that I love to do. And getting to do that at PFF has been fantastic. And, you know, it's only possible if I get to work next to such fantastic people. And, and that's the case at Pro Football Focus. I mean, they're just so knowledgeable. They have such great personalities. These are people that make it so much fun to work with. And so that's a lot of what I'm doing, but also host the NFL Stock Exchange podcast, focusing on the NFL draft with my good friend, Connor Rogers. I'm doing a lot of feature writing as well, getting to sit down with these prospects and these coaches and uh, get to know them, get to know their process a little bit more, what makes them good college players to pro players and then head coaches in the NFL to be successful guys there too. So it's been fun. Uh, it's been really great getting to work with a lot of people. And, you know, I tell guys that whoever is trying to make it in this business, I always tell people the people are what's going to make it so enjoyable for you. And I'm so fortunate to be in a spot where I work with a lot of great men and women who make that possible for me. And so it's been a lot of fun so far. That's awesome, Trevor. I'm sure you've been really busy lately dealing with all things related to the draft. What's been the most exciting project that you've been working on? Oh, man. You know, we are doing a really big collaborative podcast series called Hutch at Pro Football Focus. And it's really taking this deep dive into Aiden Hutchinson, who might just be the number one overall pick when it's all said and done at the end of April and just getting to know him and his family and his coaches and his upbringing and what makes him tick, what makes him a great football player beyond just the moves that we see on uh, that we've seen on Saturdays in college football and that we're going to see in Sundays in the future, a really great deep dive into his personality and his story. And I think that's what the coolest part is about my job is, having people entrust me and PFF or whoever might be working on a project 
with telling their story and getting them to open up because, you know, the, the, the life that everybody lives, it's unique. You know, there are certainly things that we all experience as a whole, as a community, as a people that maybe have commonalities, but at the same time, you are still you and you're the only you. And, and I love telling those unique stories from players and coaches and whoever it is. And so this has been a lot of fun to be a small part of this project, this Hutch podcast project, because it's a really great deep dive into who Aiden Hutchison is. And it's such a cool look um, into who he's going to become as a pro. That's awesome. I'll be on the lookout for it. So since this is going on a Los Angeles Chargers podcast and all, I feel like we should dive into the AFC West a little bit. What are your thoughts on all these blockbuster trades lately? Khalil Mack, Tyreek Hill, Russell Wilson? No, I mean, it's been earth shattering. I mean, we, we haven't seen anything like this. I, I know I'm relatively younger. I'm just in my early 30s. But like I've talked to people who were in their 40s, 50s, 60s who have been covering the NFL for a long, long time who said this is the craziest offseason that they have ever seen. These players who you would think are franchise cornerstones, who there's no way they're going to move, are on to new destinations, finding new homes. And the Los Angeles Chargers are right in the middle of it, right? You mentioned the Khalil Mack trade, which is a big splash. They went and they got J.C. Jackson as well. You look at last year and, and how they've combined these past two off seasons and how they really focused on the offensive side of the ball last year, improving that offensive line, getting Justin Herbert hit the weapons around him to succeed. Now they've really poured a lot of resources into the defensive side of the ball. They've got J.C. Jackson. They're getting Derwin James back healthy. Now they've got Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack right next to each other. Sebastian Joseph Day as well. They're just, they've done such a great job of rounding out their team to not just be a good team all around. Cause I feel like when you say the words, oh, this team is very all around, it means they're not great at anything. That's not the case with the Chargers. They are getting themselves ready to compete at the highest level, go for Super Bowls as soon as, as next year. And so the league, it's been crazy. It's been a wildfire. You, you've never known what's going to happen next. It's almost like you got to wake up at, right as bright and early as you can to make sure you don't miss the NFL news. But there's no doubt about it. The Chargers have been right in the center of it as one of the teams that has chained the most in the best way. I definitely think the race for the AFC West title is going to be a lot tighter than usual next season. But the Chargers do still have holes to fill, one of which being on the O-line. Do you think they'll go right tackle in the first round of the draft? I think it all depends kind of who falls to them, right? Because when they're sitting there at number 17, it's a little bit different than picking in the top 10, say when they were with Justin Herbert, it's easier to plan because the further you get away from that number one overall pick, just the possibilities become endless. You don't just look at the team needs of the guys who were in front of you, but you also have to think about trade-ups and trade-backs and who's going like all that kinds of stuff too. And it's just so hard to predict. But what I love what the Chargers have done is they've placed themselves in best player available mode where they're truly allowing themselves to no matter how the board falls to them at 17 they've given themselves a, their freedom to take a really good talented player whoever might fall to them if it happens to be a right tackle somebody along the offensive line they can make that choice say if like a charles cross tends to fall to them or maybe a trevor penning whoever it is they can go and select that player if a Jordan Davis or a Devontae Wyatt along the interior defensive line falls to them there at that spot, maybe one of the top corners falls to them. Say uh, a, D a Derek Stingley falls to them. I know that they just went and they got JC Jackson, but how great would it be for them to get another incredible corner as well? So what I love the most about the Chargers isn't even just the individual one-to-one -one additions they made in either a trade or a signing. It's that I now get to answer questions like this with, well, I don't know exactly who they're going to target, but I've got faith in they're going to handle it the right way because they put themselves in that situation. So that's kind of the way that I see the Chargers. There's no doubt right tackle could be on the board for them. 
but there's a lot of positions that could be on the board that they now have the freedom to take to make their team as good as possible. Yeah, I've heard running back thrown around too. It'll be interesting how things play out for them. Switching gears just a tad, you and I, Trevor, are both Florida Gator alums. So why not give our draft class a little bit of love? Where do you see guys like Zachary Carter, Damian Pierce, and Gene Delance landing? Yeah, so uh, th- those three dudes, I'll just start with Damian Pierce. First and foremost, I have full faith that every single team that has sat down and gotten to know Damian Pierce loves him absolutely loves him Gators fans know that he is so electric whenever he's at the podium or enters a room his smile is infectious but he's also got this dog mentality right sometimes you look at guys who are happy-go-lucky like Damien is and and are all smiles all the time and you go ah do you have enough you know like meanness in you to play a physical game of football trust me Damien Pierce does and I think he put that on display against Florida State when he ran into the end zone without his helmet but I think that he's probably going to be Somewhere in the mid rounds, I would say anywhere from third to fourth round, uh, a team is is really going to pick him. And I hope he gets picked back into day two because I think he absolutely deserves it. Zachary Carter is somebody who his journey through Florida has been very interesting because he's kind of moved around, fluctuated weight a little bit. Sometimes he's played inside as a three technique, kind of a defensive tackle. Other times he's been a five tech and a seven technique edge rusher. So he has a lot of experience. And I think him being a bigger, thicker, more powerful defensive lineman does give teams that ability to have him there with some versatility. He's another guy who I think probably the middle of the draft, somewhere around round three, four, I'd be shocked if he goes round five, but something like that. I think anywhere from rounds three to five is possible for him. Gene Delance is very interesting because I got to sit down and talk with him at the East West Shrine Bowl when he was there. And a question that I always love to ask players is, hey, a scout comes to you, head coach, a GM, whoever, and says, I want to know what your best game is. Show what, what game do I need to watch to see the best of you? What game do you want scouts to watch? He said, throw on the tape against Alabama. And I'm like, hold up. Will Anderson plays for Alabama. And Will Anderson might go number one overall next year. But Gene DeLance said, he's like, look, it might not be my best game, but it's the game that I want people to see the most because I went up against the best. And he said, he got the better of me sometimes, but I got the better of him sometimes too. And that's a guy who might go number one overall in the draft next year. So he's a player who I think he's going to be a day three pick somewhere, probably a later round guy, but he's somebody who you love that mentality, especially as a trench player and for the versatility that he's been able to show throughout his career too. So that's kind of where I see those guys landing. I'm definitely excited to see where the Gators fall. But since I have you here, I have to ask, what are your expectations for Florida Gator football in 2022 under new head coach Billy Napier? I'm so excited for Napier. I really am. Uh, That coaching staff that he has built is phenomenal. And look, you know, as Florida wins, they're only going to lose those guys. You know, they're going to get called away to be – defense coordinators, offensive coordinators, even head coaches throughout college football and maybe the NFL. And so success means that I know that coaching staff isn't going to be around forever, but the coaching staff that he has right now to get things kickstarted in Gainesville is something that I'm really looking forward to. He seems like such a player's coach, such a hands-on guy, a guy that is going to be great on the recruiting trail that players are going to want to come and play for. And I think Florida's going to have a lot of success. Obviously, Georgia's at the very top right now as the reigning national champions. But I think Florida's going to be on their heels sooner rather than later. And uh, you can see Florida back on top soon. I'll definitely say that. All right, I'm marking your words. But yeah, Napier's staff is huge. I cannot believe the amount of people he's brought in. I'm excited for football season, but I'm going to let you go now, Trevor. Thank you so much for your time. It was a lot of fun and go Gators. Appreciate it, Maddie. Go Gators.
The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.